The following audio is from Morningstar Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio. For more information about Morningstar, visit morningstardayton.org. Welcome back to our podcast. My name is Ben. I'm the associate pastor here at Morningstar Baptist Church, and I'm joined by our co-hosts and lead pastor, John Decker. John, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good, Ben. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm feeling Easter coming soon. It is It is upon us, and uh, I think right now, for those who weren't around, we just now started recording. You should have been around a few minutes ago. We were having way too much fun yes. getting this set up together. And uh, But anyway, yeah, so it's good. I'm sorry. I was totally distracted. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like a lot going on, but we were having a good time. But, but yeah, Easter's here. Um, just a few days away, we've got... Our Easter egg hunt on Saturday, and once again, like we talked about last week, we're just praying for no rain, and um, and then Easter, the big day on Sunday. Man, so. it is. It's there is so much in front of us for the next few days. It's just going to be um, a really busy day, but it's an exciting time um, to be a part of everything that's going on at Morningstar. It really is uh, every week, and we we I think we've talked about it a number of times, but every week it seems we got more visitors. We have more people coming in, checking out mm-hmm. the church, more people coming in, making decisions, uh, whether to join the church. We had three more join Sunday mm-hmm. and we got three more need to be joined that, that will probably join actually four more, um, in the next week or two that went through the class. And so God's, God's working and he's moving. Yeah. And once again, we're just trying to stay out of his way. And that's never more true, I think, than for Easter. Right. Um, because you know, this is the day that most people, if they're going to come to church. Yeah. It's going to be Easter. And, so we're like, man, God's going to bring them. They're mm-hmm. going to show up, and we just want to be ready. Yeah, and I think it, you talked about Sunday that that your message. If, if you didn't get a chance to hear that, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. Um, it's really easy for people to show up on Sundays to, to be a part of, of the Jesus experience or the Jesus parade. The Jesus parade, yeah. yeah. We were talking about Sunday and and uh, really miss it. And, and I think um, it really just comes down to what are you focused on. And we, we even, you know, I, I posted the thing on Facebook from the guy I heard on the radio who visited the cathedral mm-hmm. and got distracted by the fact there was all this pigeon wire up and completely missed the beauty of the cathedral. And I think it's right. so easy this time of year to really do that. It really is. I think we all, just kind of like when you get married and you come in with a bunch of expectations mm-hmm. um, or, you know, these these ideas, yeah. preconceived ideas of what marriage is going to be like and and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, wait, a minute, this isn't turning out like I thought it would. I think a lot of us sometimes come to Jesus that way. Yeah. We show up at a Jesus parade. And we're, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the triumphal entry when mm-hmm. he showed up in Jerusalem. And the crowd was just like screaming his praises and laying their jackets down on the mud and the road for a donkey to walk over. And But then five days later, that same crowd was the same crowd crying out, crucify him. So they went from one day saying, this is our guy, to five days later saying, crucify this guy. And really, it all came down to what kind of savior they were looking for. And when Jesus didn't come up and overthrow the Romans, when he didn't come up and and just start everything over and set up this physical kingdom, they lost interest. And there's a lot of people who do the same thing with Jesus, even believers. Like we we can kind of like, man, I want to go to heaven. I want a relationship with Jesus. And he comes to town in our life, and we're like, but then we realize, wait a minute, like. I, I'm I'm still broke. <laughs> like I, my money's still in shambles. My 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 relationship is still flawed. And I right. and my life physical is not getting better. Like what's going on? And we, it sometimes takes a hard look for us to understand. Wait a minute, what did Jesus really come for? Like why did he show up that day in our life? And it wasn't to give us a, a happy, 
amazing, good, like comfortable life. In fact, that conversation he had with his disciples. And he said, look, in this world, you will have trouble. Four words. You're going to have trouble. And, and we got to understand that there's going to be trouble in this world. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, but he says, but I've overcome the world. Yeah. The greatness, what he does for us is give us a new life and he gives us a home in heaven. He, he gives us hope that we never had before. And if we died without anything else, that's all we could ever even ask for. Right. And, and so that idea of when Jesus shows up, what kind of savior are you looking for? Right. And, and I think it's, it's so interesting. We were talking a little while ago at lunch as we were just kind of debriefing of, of where we wanted to go with today's conversation both you and I had completely different plans for our lives. Yeah. And um, we we were open to what, what Jesus wanted to do with our lives, but um, we didn't expect when Jesus came to town in our life for him to take our plans and take them a completely different direction. And, and I think that's what happens with Jesus. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have this plan in your life and you know exactly how things are going to go and you know exactly how your marriage is going to look and you know exactly how your health is going to look when you're going to have kids, when you're going to die. And, and it, and it doesn't ever work that way because we're not in control. Absolutely. And, um, that's what I love. And that's why I'm excited. Um, we've shared with, with our, our listeners, Mike's story, we've shared Angela's story, but, Nobody's really heard our stories, and yeah. so we're gonna today kind of, kind of go back and forth and talk a little bit about some moments that Jesus came to town in our life because He comes to town in your life and 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 saves you, right? And that's when you have that first interaction. But but there are other moments where you have these major intersections with um, a decision where God is leading you in a direction. You have to decide. Am I going to follow him or am I going to keep doing what seems comfortable and, and good in my life? Yeah, there's all these benchmarks in our life. And, and Mark Milioni, he's the the president of, of Baptist Bible College. And I love what he puts. He talks about the, the five most important questions that we'll ever ask. And basically what these questions are, are those moments. You're talking about these intersections where, yeah, we get saved. So that's the first question. He said the most important question is what are you going to do with Jesus? Okay, so that's the first one. So, But there's other benchmarks that happen after our salvation. And the next one is who your friend's going to be. That's a, that's huge. Like, okay, yeah. what direction am I going to go with that? The next one is, um, what am I going to do with my life? Yeah. Like, okay, so what am I going to do with my life? What's what's my future look like? And the other one is, who you're going to marry? Mm-hmm. Okay. So some of us like, okay, well, I thought we were going to go this direction, but now God's taking a different direction. And the last one is, what are you going to do for Jesus? Yeah. And so God shows. Obviously, we God shows up. Jesus shows up in the town. And what are you going to do with Jesus, right? You're going yeah. to accept him. You're not going to accept him. Well, after that happens and you do accept him, God's not done with you. Yeah. And, and so, so our stories are pretty unique and, and yeah. they're different. So, so why don't you tell me, tell us, walk through when Jesus came to town in your life and what some of those benchmarks were for you. Yeah. So I, I started, um, I, I was born into a Christian home and which I was grateful for. Um, and my parents, you know, we, where I was at church, like within days of being born, like that whole story. And my mom and dad had us memorize scripture a lot of times. And and mom and dad were having us memorize the scripture in my father's house. There are many mansions. Um, if there wasn't, I would have told you and I go to prepare a place for you. And I, I had been asking a lot of questions just about Christ in general um, when I was six years old. And I memorized that scripture as a six year old boy and with the faith of a child said to my mom and dad, like, I know what I'm missing mm-hmm. in the fact that I know I had sinned. Right. I know what I need, and I know it's Jesus, and I know that he's prepared a place for me. 
and I want to accept him. And and so my parents did the thing that a lot of good, responsible Christian parents will do, where they try and push you off, mm-hmm. and because they want to make sure that you're not making an emotional. And and finally, it was on on vacation where we were learning that. And I said, Mom, like I know if I'm gonna do this with you or without you. Like I know <laughs> what I'm, I know what this is all about. And so I made that decision to to trust Christ as a child. And and a lot of people make that decision to trust Christ as a child. And and realize maybe that was uh not an authentic decision it was mm-hmm. they see somebody else trust christ and they make the decision or it was an emotional decision um, but i trusted christ as a six-year-old and and i've i've had moments of doubt but i know for a fact they've always been reaffirmed that, that was the decision when i really made that decision what am i going to do with jesus that mm-hmm. i was going to trust him right and and so that was that was that first the answer to that first question, what am I going to do with Jesus? Right. I may, I answered that when I was a, was a child. Okay. So what about the next benchmark moment in your life that Jesus came back to town, not for salvation, obviously, because once you're saved, you're sealed in the day of redemption. Mm-hmm. The Bible makes that very clear. But what was that next encounter like? What was God working? Well, I think as we, as I went through, there was different moments where, where, you know, God uh, interacted with my life and said, listen, there's different things that I've gifted you with. And there's, I want you to surrender to me. And I think there's different moments where we stray and come back. But that next um, life-shattering moment where I really just thought I had things figured out mm-hmm. and I was going on a path um, was I was I was in college and I was at the end of my senior year of college. So February of my senior year of college. And I had been wrestling because I knew God was was – was trying to talk to me mm-hmm. and I was trying and I, and I was like, man, I know what he wants to say to me <laughs> and I really don't want to hear it. And so I had wrestled sense of mission trip the year before that to try and push God off. You know, I had already been engaged for almost a year. We were getting ready to get married that coming June. And I'm like, I really don't want to have this conversation with God. Right. Um, I, I just don't want to have it. And, and so finally it just became overwhelming and I knew God was, was wanting me to surrender my life to ministry. And and for me, I knew that wasn't um, the type of ministry where I was going to be a senior pastor. That wasn't my gifting. My gifting is is to help, like to be a helper. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it was ministry as in, in being a pastor, um, but, I mean, I've, my gifting is really to to come alongside somebody else and, and and help and support in that way. And so I had to go to my fiance at the time, Christine, <laughs> and say, Hey, I know you didn't like sign up to marry a pastor. Right. But <laughs> God's Guess called what? me to ministry. Yeah. <laughs> and so I know I'm getting ready to graduate college and I did. I graduated with a degree in communications and and I struggled with it. Why God? Like why would you wait you're supposed to call people before college so they can go to Bible college. Right. And, and so I, but I surrendered to what God called me to do and then went through a just wild journey of unexpected twists and turns, mm-hmm. um, where I thought I knew God would, would raise me up in the circle of, of churches I kind of grew up in. Um, but, but then God led me a different direction, mm-hmm. um, and, and led me to somewhere else. And, and uh, it took almost five years from that moment I surrendered to that moment that God gave me that very first opportunity to do what I felt like he had called me to. And I think that's so interesting because so often we're like, all right, God, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And God's like, perfect. 
And then you're kind of just sitting there like, hey, man, like I said I was ready. Mm-hmm. He's like, great. I got some things you can need to learn first. Right. And so in that five years, man, I really learned a whole lot of stuff as God led my my heart to this this ministry opportunity. And then even just a few months ago when God led us to Centerville. Right, right. And so it's quite the journey, man. And, and so I love that. And I love that. It's an amazing story. So um, so for me, um, very similar background starting off, you and I, mm-hmm. right? I, I grew up in church, family, both my parents super involved. And we were there all the time. My mom played the piano, still plays the piano for church. My dad drove a bus for our senior citizens and our at the church. And so we were always there. And so like my, my two older sisters before me that I got to a certain age, I was about seven and I was like, Hey, you know, this whole Jesus thing, I we keep having a Jesus parade every Sunday. And I'm like, I'm, I knew all the stories. I, mm-hmm. you know, I knew some scripture even at seven. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's, I need to make that decision too. And I, and I, so, you know, I, I prayed a prayer I went and talked to my associate pastor and he had this little book of colors and he walked through, you know, mm-hmm. um, how I was black with sin. And then Jesus came and shed his blood, the red and washed white as snow and all of that. And, um, but as I got older, I, I still showed up for every parade, Jesus prayed. I showed up for everything about that. Cause I had to, cause my parents made me go to church. Right. I, didn't, I didn't have a choice. Um, but I remember I was, I was at camp, uh, camp called Camp Tecula in Chester, Texas. And I was 13. And I remember the speakers up there talking and, and the whole time God is just showing up big time in my heart. And the message that I heard, and I have no idea if it's what the speaker talked about, but here's what I heard. Here, here's the message that, that I was getting that night was your faith is borrowed. Yeah. Like you're borrowing your faith from your parents. You're, you're borrowing your faith from your pastor, from your youth pastor, but it's not yours. Right. It, it was almost as if God was saying, you know, I have a relationship with all these people in your life, but I don't have, I don't have a relationship with you and you're, the, I want you. And mm-hmm. so that night, remember I walked out of that brick chapel there and I grabbed a guy uh, named Mike and I was like, Mike, we got it. I got to do this like right now. Like I can't put this off. It's not mine. And, and so we sat down there and prayed and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I said, I, I'm a sinner. I'm going to, I want to repent from that. I'm going to turn away from that. And I want to totally give my life to you. And, and I did. And from that point forward, it was okay. This is mine. Yeah. And, which is crazy because about two years later at camp, I'm sitting in the service, very similar to two years earlier. And I'm, you know, obviously I'm, I'm not struggling with salvation. I know that I'm, I'm a believer and, but now God shows up again. So now this is another right. encounter in my life now. And that's the question God's asking me is, okay, you answer the question of what are you going to do with me? But now the question is, what are you going to do for me? Mm-hmm. And are you really willing to serve me? And, and not that God calls everyone to full-time ministry. I believe everybody is called to ministry. Yeah. Um, not everybody's called to vo- what we call vocational ministry. I guess is the sure. easiest way. Not everybody's called to get up and be a preacher or a youth pastor or a missionary. But guys, like I'm, I'm, I'm calling you out. Mm-hmm. And are you are you willing to do this? And struggle with it all week. Even uh, that week, I even I even walked the aisle, talked to my youth pastor, and I surrendered. I mean, I, I just know I need to. I had no idea what it means. I just mm-hmm. know, like this is what I got to do. And but the, over the next several weeks, talking with my pastor, my youth pastor, and just dealing with stuff. I'm, I'm like. I realize I'm not, I would never be content doing anything else that God has definitely said, this is what I want you to do, either do it or, you know, or don't do it, but I'm setting you out for that. And so I gave my life to him for, Hey, whatever you want, not no idea what it looked like. I know from the youth pastor, pastor, I had no idea. I just knew God wants me for something. And so, but I, I did what you're, what I thought you were supposed to do, which go to Bible college. And so I go up to Bible college and, uh, graduate, 
going to my first full-time ministry position yeah, and had a horrible experience. And you and I have talked about that before. And just, it was a painful, hurtful experience. And one, cause I was super arrogant and yeah. prideful and two, like there was some things going on. And so we left, went back to Springfield, Missouri and I'm like, I'm done. Like I, I I'm just going to get a job. I don't know what God's doing, but I, I got, I'll figure it out, I guess. And so, um, that's when I ended up actually becoming a, a police officer and God, I loved it, man. It was awesome. It was, it was great. It was a wonderful time in, in, in my life. And I got to the point where like, I could, I could retire from here. Yeah. Like I could totally do this for the rest of my life. I'm, I'm okay with that. If this is what God wants. I'm totally okay with that. And, and you know this about me. I'm, I'm not a planner. I'm yeah. a, Hey, I'm just going to roll with the punches and whatever comes along. And so, uh, but Mandy, my wife, she's a planner. And so for me to go, okay, I'm going to go into ministry. Oh, wait, no. Hey honey, I'm, I'm going to be a police officer. And then during this time go, okay, God, I don't know what you want to do with me, but I'm open to whatever you want. And God worked through my life. And those almost that almost a decade, God kept showing up and working on me and working on me. And to the point that he finally got to the point where he opened the door for full-time ministry. And so to go back to Mandy and everybody go, Hey, I'm going back in the ministry. Like just, not knowing what that Jesus prayed, and I, I'm not being I'm not being sacrilegious or being, yeah. uh, but that's what it was. Like Jesus showed up, I'm like, hey, you can just sit here and cheer me on, and clap your hands and scream Hosanna, or you can get on board. Yeah. And so for me that day it was like it was amazing. I'm like, no, I'm all in. I'm I'm going to do this. And so for him to show up in my life and not knowing what what twists and turns my life was going to take, so I go into ministry, then I end up working at a Bible, Baptist Bible College, and since June being up here leading lead pastoring up here in in Ohio. Never would have dreamed that that would be the road that God would take uh, my life down. But I'm so glad that I was just willing. Yeah. And, and even though, you know, it's hard. Sometimes it's difficult. Not every day is nice and easy and not every day is pleasant. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to deal with things that, that aren't really pleasant and you got it's, it's, we're going to have trouble like Jesus said. Yeah. And, but what I love is whether I'm preaching here or even now being able to have the opportunity to speak at camps. Mm-hmm. I, that's such a big deal to me because camp is such a huge part of, of my story and, and of my life. But now to be able to speak and talk and look at their faces and watch them because I can understand where they're at. Yeah. I, I understand that feeling of sitting there going, what does God want with me right now? Like mm-hmm. my faith is borrowed. I, I can see it on their faces or, hey, God's calling me out for something more important or even those who've never heard the gospel. But yeah. to hear for the very first time that there's hope and forgiveness and that they're mistakes and failures don't define them and just watch God. I, I love that. It's amazing. And so coming full circle now, I'm sure God still has a long, hopefully a long way to take me and even more experiences and be able to do even more for him. But right now I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't see myself anywhere else. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I echo that same thing. And I think what, one of the things that we've now heard, you know, if you count your story and my story and Mike's story and Angela's story, that's four stories and they're four very different stories um and and i think what happens a lot of times is we start to compare our story with other stories and and i know being youth pastors we've both sat moments like that where somebody just said well i just don't have the story that this person has or my story is so jacked up and your story is not or right and and so so what would you tell somebody if you were just going to give an overarching statement about Hey, you know about their story, mm-hmm. um, whether it's um, really rocky and difficult, or they trusted Christ as as a as a child and and grew up in church. What what advice would you give to somebody about their story, and what maybe encouragement would you give them about their story? 
I'm going to take it back to the what we talked about on Sunday, the triumphal entry. That day on Palm Sunday, the beginning of their Passover week, when Jesus rode into town and the crowd, the Bible calls it a multitude, showed up. Mm-hmm. In that crowd were all kinds of people. There were people who were beggars because they had made so many bad choices in their life. They just they had no family, no homes, nothing. They had prostitutes. They had thieves. They had tax collectors. They had the religious elite who would we would say has man they're a really clean story. Like they've never really done a whole lot wrong. And and everyone in between. And what I love is that the message to everyone that day as Jesus was writing in was the same for everyone in that crowd. Yeah. And we what we looked at was the fact that he was riding on a donkey, which means he's bringing peace. No matter where you're at in that story, whether you have a horrible man, like you've made some crazy choice in your life, or you're the person who grew up in church, spends every day in church, and never really rebelled or anything like that, he still brings peace. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he went through that eastern gate that is called the mercy gate, the place where priests would go almost daily and pray for God's mercy um, on their nation and on them and on the people, and for him to enter that gate basically saying, I'm the answer to every day you've been sitting out here praying. I'm the answer to every person that's been fasting, every person that's been praying, every person that's been sacrificing. I'm the answer to that. And so my encouragement to everyone would be, it doesn't matter whether you've lived the the drug lifestyle and you've done all the bad things and like you have this crazy story, the answer is the same. Yeah. Peace and mercy. The answer for those who grew up in church, like, man, I got a boring story. Like I'm just, I'm just Joe Christian and I'm just the answer is still the same because our brokenness is brokenness. In God's eyes, we're all broken and we're all separated. And Jesus' answer to everyone is the same. I want a relationship. Yeah. And whether you have a crazy story, you're, you're saved out of the pit and out of this horrible backstory, or you're saved out of a lifestyle of you grew up in church, the outcome is the same. That yeah. you still have a home in heaven that you don't deserve. You have a relationship with God that we voluntarily broke ourselves mm-hmm. and we now stand as being clothed in God's righteousness when we were all standing in condemnation before. So the message is the same for everyone. So it doesn't matter who you are in the crowd that day yeah, or even today. He's still on that donkey and he's still going through that gate, riding, coming, offering mercy and peace. And he nailed, he was nailed to the cross. They buried him and he rose again. And now that's available to everyone. 2,000 years later, yeah, still the same story. Yeah, I love how Paul puts it. He puts it that, you know, we were we were once aliens. We were far from God. We were separated from God. And now in Christ and in his mercy, there there is no Jew and there is no mm-hmm. Greek. And there, and he says basically your, your identity before and what you came from before is completely gone. Right. And, and that leads me to just be really excited about where we're going and beginning this Sunday. We're beginning that new series it just says this changes everything. And whether your story was a story of, you know, crazy um, circumstance or bad decisions, or you grew up in church, um, we were all way far off from God. Right. And he brought us in. And now his death, his resurrection, it really does change everything. And I cannot wait to dive into Easter and to look at all the things um, that we're going to look at as we dive into this This Changes Everything series. Yeah. So here's the deal. Uh, this Sunday is a big Sunday. And and if you're in the area, if you're in the Centerville, Dayton, Ohio area, we'd love for you to come and join with us. We've, we've got a, a come and go breakfast, come in, you know, just whenever you can get here at 9 o'clock. Um, and then our services start at 1030. 
and we'd love to have you come be a part of that. And if not, if you're not in the area, please join, you can join us on Facebook. You can watch it uh, on Facebook Live, um, or you can listen to our podcast next week. We'll make sure we have it up on the podcast and on our website. But we'd love for you this week to find the hope and the help that Jesus offers to you. And maybe you've already found it. Great. Then get plugged in somewhere. Um, and don't just go to the parade.